Do you remember the story of a girl who lived a life of cinders? And how she found true love because she kept a beautiful dream in her heart? <laughs> of course, it helped that she had mouse friends who could sew and a fairy godmother who could do wonders with pumpkins. Well, that girl is me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. And today we have a very special treat. We are finally looking at the notorious Cinderella 3. Hey, hey, Christy, I thought we were the bad princess movie podcast. This doesn't belong here. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the fun thing about this movie, because this movie, it's going into it you know i think we're all familiar with the disney direct to dvd sequels and yeah how those tend to be pretty unremarkable sort of cheap cash-ins at best they are laughably wacky this film however it's kind of a fun thing to make people watch because they might think that that's all they're going to get is that unremarkable cheap cash-in. But, yeah, Cinderella 3, unexpectedly, this actually kind of, like, fucking works as a movie. This movie fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> this is, it's so good. I it's... was like, Christy, this is not, <laughs> this is not a bad movie. This is 0% a bad movie. What is no. <laughs> I think I hear and and we'll we'll I'm sure we'll talk to about it more in depth later on. But I think oh, everyone's yeah. initial impression of this movie is that that thirty second clip of the prince yeah! jumping out of a window. <laughs> I had never seen the movie, but I definitely had seen that clip. Yeah, I've I've posted that clip on Twitter before, just randomly, and that one that one kind of blew up for me with just. It, like, people see it, and it's just hilariously stupid. And I think... It's so I, good. I, again, I think the assumption is people think that that's what the rest of this movie is. Like, just this stupid, cheap, weird Disney movie. But there's actually, like, depth to this film, and I care about the characters. It's It's got a lot of heart. Yeah. I never saw Cinderella 2, so no, I've no. skipped right to the third one. I don't know what I missed into, but that's fine. Um, we'll, we'll get into that, but the short okay. of it is you did not miss much. <laughs> but, like, there's just so much. Like, there's character development for Cinderella that it's like, you can see where it would have come from in the original film. But it's just, she's, like, kind of a badass in yeah. this movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, hell yeah, Cinderella. Yeah, it's weird. It's just Cinderella becomes a bit more of a badass. Um, Anastasia, one of the stepsisters, oh. is just basically my fucking favorite part of the film is just Anastasia and the journey she goes to. The The prince is really fun, too. Yeah. You get, like, prince lore. Yeah. About, like, his mom and, like, his family. He still doesn't have a name, but that's okay. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, this film, it, 
Like, obviously, it doesn't ever get to the same quality as a Disney theatrical release, but it does pretty damn good with what for what it is. Oh, yeah. Like, much better than even I expected. Because I, I had seen people be like, oh, yeah, Cinderella 3 is actually pretty good. So I knew we were headed for a decent one going in, but it actually exceeded my expectations. Yeah, this was one I, I haven't seen this one in quite a while. And I like I remembered that it was actually pretty decent. Um, but it wasn't until rewatching it for the podcast that I was like, God, like this is actually like this is fucking good. I like this. I'm having a yeah. fun time. Yeah. Like, there's kind of a point in the movie where, like, it does start off kind of wacky and dumb. But then you kind of reach this point where you start realizing, oh, actually, I feel like I'm just genuinely invested in the story. I'm just, I'm invested and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And it's it's great. Yes, tell also, me more, movie. Also, it helps that... The animation in this, like some of the Disney direct-to-video sequels, the animation can be a little rough. Mm -hmm. In this, it's like, it is fun and great all the way through. It is just like, mwah. The animation, the characters, the... Everything is just great. This is a great film. It just is good. It's a fun time. Again, this is a... This is like a fun trick to play on people. Yeah. If they... (laughs) If they expect that they're getting a bad movie and you give them this like it's kind of mind-blowing uh to give just a a little bit of an introduction to this film so cinderella 3 as you might imagine this is a 2d animated film released in 2007 this is the second sequel to disney's 1950 classic uh, and is actually a direct continuation to the original film uh Cinderella 3 actually received a mostly positive response among these seven critics compiled at Rotten Tomatoes, who gave it a 71% rating. So, you know, again, not, like, fantastic, but pretty good for a Disney direct-to-DVD sequel. Yeah. This was one of the last films produced by Disney's Australian Animation Division. The studio actually closed after production was completed in July of 2006. Yeah, kind of a shame, eh? Because they they did a good job. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. I I think I it... Uh, if I remember right, I believe John Lasseter, um, I don't think Cinderella 3 was the last di- direct-to-DVD Disney sequel. I believe that was The Little Mermaid 3, Ariel's Beginnings, I think. Um, that sounds right. So I think it, it was possibly, it wasn't, the studio wasn't closed because of anything they did i think it might have just been because they were no longer going to be producing these sequels they just they didn't have reason Ah. to keep them around unfortunately pure conjecture but that's my yeah that's my guess that is a shame though because yeah this is so it's super fun Mm -hmm. it's super well animated yeah it's just a lot of fun overall is it uh is it time to get into the plot summary for this one, Brie? I think it is. Please take us away All on right. an, on the journey that is Cinderella 3. Yes. A let's... twist in time. <gasps> oh, let's get into it. <laughs> the 
The film begins and we are reintroduced to Cinderella and her prince, just about to celebrate their one-year anniversary. While the last year of their lives has been amazing, the same isn't true for Cinderella's stepfamily, Lady Tremaine and her daughters Anastasia and Drizella. Anastasia in particular desperately longs for a prince of her own. Why don't I get a happy ending? Where's the prince who marry me? When will this horrible nightmare disappear? Pathetic. Oh, what a perfectly miserably awful year! While bemoaning her lack of a happy ending, Anastasia spies Cinderella and her prince being thrown a party by none other than the fairy godmother. Anastasia not only sees Fairy Godmother use her magic wand, but she's also there to see Fairy Godmother accidentally drop it. Fairy Godmother tries to retrieve her wand, but is accidentally transformed by Anastasia into a stone statue. Having witnessed this display of magic, Lady Tremaine realizes the opportunity that's presented itself. Reverse the moon and sun, turn back tide and time, unravel Cinderella's happily ever after, to the moment no! my troubles began! Using the wand, Lady Tremaine reverses time one year, back to just before Cinderella proved her identity by trying on the glass slipper. Though the slipper is far too small for Anastasia's foot, Lady Tremaine uses magic to make it a perfect fit. Cinderella arrives just in time to see Anastasia declared the prince's bride-to-be. Cinderella, who has no memory that she's lost a year of her life, is incredibly confused. I'm the one he's looking for. You may have danced with him. You may even have thought it was love, but the slipper fits Anastasia, and that's who he's marrying. Whatever you think happened last night was a dream. Lady Tremaine and her daughters leave for the castle. Cinderella, who knows in her heart that she and the prince are in love, follows them. At the castle, Anastasia is presented to the prince, who immediately knows that she isn't his princess. While his back is turned, Lady Tremaine uses the magic wand to make the prince believe it was Anastasia he danced with at the ball. This is witnessed by Jacques and Gus, Cinderella's mice friends who have come with her to the castle. Jacques and Gus relay this information to Cinderella, who resolves to retrieve Fairy Godmother's wand and restore the prince's memories. Meanwhile, Anastasia is presented to the king. Though she is awkward and clumsy, Anastasia manages to charm the king as she reminds him of his late wife. He presents to Anastasia his most treasured belonging, a small seashell that he and his wife found on the day they met. You see, we reached for it at the same moment, and when our hands touched... That's when I knew I found true love. You knew that just by touching your hand? There's no more powerful force in the world than true love. <clears throat> well, that's all. <laughs> run along now, run along. Thank you, Your Majesty. Anastasia is deeply touched by the king's words and also by the kindness she is receiving from the bewitched prince. With the mice as a distraction, Cinderella manages to reclaim Fairy Godmother's wand. It's short-lived, however, as Lady Tremaine sicks the castle guards on Cinderella. The prince arrives, and just as Cinderella is taken away, the two briefly touch hands. After Cinderella is taken away, Jacques and Gus reveal themselves to the prince. They explain to him everything that's happened, including that Lady Tremaine has ordered Cinderella be banished from the kingdom. 
the prince, who sensed something in Cinderella's touch, leaps into action, both figuratively and literally. The prince races to the docks where Cinderella has been imprisoned on a ship. He gets there just in time, and as the two hold hands, the prince's memories are restored. Cinderella is declared the prince's bride-to-be, and Lady Tremaine uses magic to escape arrest. Unfortunately, Cinderella's troubles aren't over just yet. Just before her wedding, Lady Tremaine reappears, having used the magic wand to make Anastasia an exact duplicate of Cinderella. Lady Tremaine sends Cinderella on a hellish pumpkin carriage ride with the intention that Cinderella not survive the trip. Thankfully, Cinderella manages to escape, and she returns to the castle just in time to see the transformed Anastasia reject the prince at the altar. Anastasia has taken the king's words to heart, and has come to accept that the prince does not truly love her, and that she does not truly love him. Lady Tremaine attempts to use the magic wand to transform Anastasia and Cinderella into toads. Just as she casts the spell, the prince manages to reflect the magic with his sword, transforming Lady Tremaine and Drizella instead. Anastasia uses the wand to return to her true appearance, and makes peace with Cinderella. Together they restore the fairy godmother, who offers to return Cinderella and her prince to their former timeline. Instead, the prince and Cinderella opt to stay as they are, and they get married all over again. The film ends and we are treated to images of Cinderella and her prince in love, an image of Anastasia being courted by a baker, and the reveal that Lady Tremaine and Drizella were returned to their human forms and apparently put on maid duty. The end. Oh. God, what a fun movie. It's, where to begin with this one? God. I'm speechless. I'm trying to think of the best place to start. Yeah. Like, at the very beginning of the film, even, my first note is, okay, this is cute. Because <laughs> it's just, what, they make a joke right off the bat where it's like, Cinderella is singing about how she's got this perfect life with her perfect husband and everything is perfect. And he he comes up and he's like, I found your shoes for you. And she's just like, what were the mice using it for? And he dumps water. And I was like, oh, it was a boat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep, yeah, they're just, this is just a fact of life with yeah. her with her weird <laughs> mouse friends. Yeah, I guess the, the mice went to live in the castle with Cinderella. Yeah. And then meanwhile, meanwhile, her step family are absolutely miserable because now they don't have somebody doing all of their chores and shit for them. Now they actually yeah. have to do their own dishes and their own laundry and they fucking hate it. I was well, they, it almost looks like they're living in like squalor in a cabin in the woods. Whereas didn't they have like a nice house before? <laughs> Oh, I didn't. Oh, I'll have to go back and check that if it was the same house and it was just run down. I, I, I couldn't tell. Um, but yeah, they're just like, they're still in their nice dresses, but they're they're having to clean their own place. It's like, huh? Yeah, yeah. They're. It's just it's just kind of great. I don't know. It's. Because we don't really get to see, uh, in in the original Cinderella, we don't really get to see them get their comeuppance. It's kind of just assumed that by Cinderella marrying the prince, that, yeah, like, that, that's just kind of karma for them. 
Um, yeah. So it is kind of it is kind of nice to see in this one that you know it they are miserable having yeah. to <laughs> having to deal with light. You know, now that Cinderella is living her best life, um, and they are having to pick up the slack. Although it it yeah. leads in great to Anastasia's whole thing because. In the absence of Cinderella, Anastasia has basically kind of become the one that the family tends to dunk on. Yeah, like, Drizella and her her mom are especially, they're like, they are, throughout the movie, they, they don't have much of an arc, they are terrible people, and they are, they continue to be terrible people. And that's mm-hmm. just how it is. Yeah. Whereas Anastasia, like... She just wants someone to love her. Like, she's still not a good person, especially at the beginning. But, like, she just really wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And as soon as people start being kind to her, when she's not around her mother and her sister for them to, like, influence her behavior, she's like, oh, that's nice, actually. Yeah, it's so so sad that yeah like like you said the instant she gets something some positive relationships in her life she immediately starts changing yeah well and and like i have to assume because cinderella is a nice person so she was probably still nice to anastasia when they all still live together but because she was always around the terrible people who are her mother and sister Maybe she just never had it, like, their influence just made that never mm-hmm. sort of stick with her. But as, when she's alone and talking to, like, the prince and the king, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, they're they're just being nice to me. Yeah. Like, they're just kind people. And it's and it's sad because her own family are telling her, like, no, they're, they're not actually being nice to you. It's just because yeah. of the spell. Yeah. Like, like wow okay like the idea that somebody could treat her with any genuine kindness they're like they they have to try and rip that away from her and try and cut her down yeah so it's it's very sad and it but it makes for a good arc for her like Mm. it it's good at the end oh so good i be- before we get into that, I'll mention, um, so Cinderella 2, you kind of brought it up earlier that you haven't seen that one. Um, and you aren't missing much. Um, okay. So, so Cinderella, Cinderella True, Dreams Come True. Uh, so that one came out in 2002. And we, we won't ever be taking- <laughs> Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True, out in 2002? Yes. Amazing. Yes. Perfect. Um, okay. It's- we probably won't ever be taking a look at that one for the podcast because it's an anthology film. Um, I've seen people hypothesize that it was possibly meant as a launching off point for a Cinderella TV series. Um, uh... So uh, as a result, it's made up of these three separate segments and most of them are kind of shallow, which again, I don't think they'd be good for the podcast. I just don't think we'd have much to talk about. Um Mm-hmm. However, the exception is the third and final segment in which Anastasia falls in love with the village baker. Um, oh. So 
Lady Tremaine and Drizella don't approve of him, and this ends up leading to Cinderella helping Anastasia get the confidence to defy her family and, you know, start a relationship with the baker. Um, and it's honestly, it's, it's very sweet. And this is kind of the first instance where we see Anastasia start to turn against her her family. Um, and I've actually seen in the trivia for Cinderella 3 that originally they were going to have Drizella be the one who would turn against her family. But once they they re- realized that they already kind of had this plot thread in Cinderella 2 of Anastasia. Okay. Doing yeah. it, they, they kind of decided to continue that, which I am, I am so grateful that they did because it is, it, like, it, it just turns out wonderfully in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, on the note of uh, Cinderella, or on the note of Anastasia and her relationship with the baker, um, I've seen some people say that they don't like Cinderella 3 because it possibly erases Anastasia's relationship with the baker. But as I mentioned in the uh, the summary, if you watch the credits of Cinderella yeah, 3, that's, that's who that is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Aww. that's him. So Aww, regardless, awesome. yeah. So regardless of time being messed up in Cinderella three, the implication is that Anastasia will end up with the baker regardless. So so don't worry, people. Anastasia gets her true love. She finds her true love in the end too. Yeah. Aw, that's great. So so cute. Aw. But yes, in this film, I just I love Anastasia so much. Her her and the king. Explain. Oh my god, yes. They just they have such a sweet relationship and it's something oh. that I would never have expected to see in no. in this film and I'm so glad they went with it. Listen. Mm-hmm. I didn't tear up when they talked at the end of the film just in that like 2 seconds. I didn't tear up then. Shut Aww. up. Don't worry about it. It didn't hit me right where it needed to in the heartstrings. Uh, I'll be... I'll <laughs> Leave me alone. I'll be checking the secret camera footage that I have. The, oh, shit. The live stream of Bree's apartment. It's, Don't check that. It's so, so good. So It's so sweet. So, yeah. So, Anna... So, the setup to their relationship is that... Uh, we see Anastasia and the prince dance, um, and Anastasia is an absolutely horrible dancer, so she ends up stepping on the prince's toes and just kind of not making a good show of herself. Um, but as it turns out, the king's late wife was also a terrible dancer, and so th- this kind of like, it almost like opens the key to his own heart, and he, yeah. he treats Anastasia like his own daughter, better than Lady Tremaine treats her. Oh, God, yeah. And he, he starts, he gives her this advice and encouragement, and he gives her this this seashell that used to belong to his late oh. wife. And it's so yeah. good, because you see, when he's about to present it to her, it's in this little ornate box, and of course, Anastasia thinks that she, you know, she's getting some jewelry or something special, and he opens it, and she's confused and a little like, you know, like, what is this? Like, like, like disappointed. Like, why? It's just a seashell. Yeah, what? yeah. And then he explains the significance of it to her. The the whole there, there's this thing in the movie about knowing your true love by the touch of their hand, and 
when he explains that to Anastasia, she she buys it completely. And again, it's just yeah. so adorable that she comes to treasure this little seashell. You know, and she's trying to show it off to to her mother and sister, and they're of course they're like, you know, like get that shit out of here, whatever. Yeah. Which again, it's just it's this precious moment that in the span of a few minutes she comes to realize the value of this little seashell and she starts fawning over it and it it pays off at the end of the film where after you know lady tremaine has stopped anastasia tries to give the seashell back to the king and she very quietly says that she doesn't deserve it and his response is to give her this very genuine and reassuring smile and insist that she keeps the seashell and he just tells her that everyone deserves love. Your Majesty, I don't deserve this. Everyone deserves true love. <laughs> so good! It's just so sweet. And, oh very good it's just i i like <gasps> i like to think that and after the film ends that anastasia goes to live at the palace and she becomes like a surrogate daughter to the king i just yeah. I, oh yeah <sighs> like like i have to think that like after everything in the film mm-hmm. like she she gets to stay and like like becomes a better person and is like with with Cinderella and the prince and they're mm. like a family and it's good and her mother and sister and cat all fuck off <laughs> for the rest of time. Yeah, just go be <laughs> shitty somewhere else and we're just going to live like live a happy life together in the castle. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so fucking good. And and you see they they show her pro- her progress through the film too. Like as she becomes more and more hesitant to entrap the prince um because yeah, she she starts being like like after she gets the seashell mm-hmm. she's like maybe this isn't maybe what we're doing is wrong yeah like yeah because at at first like she just she wants a prince and i think she does think that she's in love with him yeah you know and she's definitely infatuated with him and and she's literally jumping for joy when he proposes to her after he's bespelled um yeah and then because again like it's that very important moment at the end where it's not just that he doesn't love me it's that i don't love him and i think that's that's an important message for her to learn as well yeah like she's there she's looking like she looks like cinderella so she could just have this this falsehood for the rest of her life, but she's like, no, I want to be loved for me. And I want to love someone who loves me for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very good. So it's just good. very good. There's, there's a moment where, so where Lady Tremaine presents the transformed Anastasia to Cinderella and Cinderella starts asking her like these questions about like, do you really want to go through with this? The prince won't be fooled. The prince will never know. He'll be perfectly happy. But will you, Anastasia? Will you be happy? I... I want what you had. But 
even love him? I love. Look where it's gotten you. Yeah, just... She just wants to be happy and have someone love her. Yeah. And love them in return. And it's just like, oh. Yeah. Oh. I just, I'm so glad that they... They show Anastasia rejecting the prince because I feel like in another, in an alternate dimension, you could have easily had this movie where both Anastasia and Drizella are both little shitheads and they're going yeah. along with Lady Tremaine's plan from the beginning. And the big moment is Cinderella busting in and then like, yeah, that's not the real, Cin I'm Cinderella. And yeah. Instead, they show Anastasia rejecting the prince and basically like, like revealing the deception before Cinderella can even get there. Yeah, like Cinderella walks in on this thing as she's like, "No, mm -hmm. I, 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 this isn't what I want." So good. And then Lady Tremaine just busts in, and she's just like, "Fuck it, then I'll just use magic to get what I want." Yeah. She already was she already was in the beginning, but then at that point she just decides I'm not going to hide it anymore, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. She's just like, Well the jig is up, so here we go. Um Be I'm going to i I'm gonna turn my daughter into a toad. And then mm. Cinderella tries to protect her and she's like, Hell yeah, even better, I'll get both of you. And I'm like, damn lady. Yeah, which Damn yeah, lady. Actually, when you think of it, like that's fucking vicious that She's more upset at her daughter in that moment, and she, that's her first priority, is I'm going to change you, Anastasia, into a toad. And, and then, oh, I guess Cinderella's the bonus? Yeah. <sighs> She's just like, you ungrateful brat. And it's like... D d d yeah. Damn. You're awful. <laughs> she She is, like... Like, she was nasty in the first film, but it was, like, this particular brand of nasty where she, like, she was kind of an interesting Disney villain because she was one of the ones that didn't have magic. It's, like, she was just... She was a mundane kind of evil. Yeah. Where it's, like, this is a, this is a person that could exist and... Does. People like that do exist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and just how she was just so calculated in how she presented herself to people like the Grand Duke or to the Prince, and then how she would act around Cinderella, just like two yeah. very different people. Um, mm -hmm. So it is, it's interesting to see what she does with magic, because she, like, like I kind of mentioned earlier, at first, like, she sort of, like, tries to hide it. Which I guess makes sense, but it's like she she uses the magic instead of just like she could just make herself queen, you know? Just Oh yeah, I guess she could. You know, yeah, like she could go big with it right away, but at first she's like, No no no, I'm just gonna engineer events so that one of my daughters becomes princess instead. Like she still yeah. she still wants to play like the the mundane social climbing aspect while also using this fantastical magic powers to to do it. <laughs> she thinks big, but she thinks small while she's thinking big. Yeah, it is, and it's weird. And it's not until it's not until the end where she is just like, "Fine, fuck it. I'll just like use magic in front of the entire kingdom who was gathered for this wedding and just like, yeah, just turning like the guards into <laughs> animals and shit." Yeah. 
yeah, again, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, she's an interesting villain. She's an interesting villain because she's a, she's just a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. She's just a bad person. Like, like you said, she's a very, like, mundane villain who is just so entrenched in, in reality. Mm hmm. Can we can we talk about the prince for a second? Oh yes, oh yes. Can we talk about this nerd ass prince that we're dealing with? <laughs> oh, he's so good. He's so much fun. Holy shit. He's just like they take in the in the original movie, he's not the focus of the film. No. He's just he's he's there for Cinderella, basically. So he has no real character. He is a, a fancy noble prince. That's it. And this, it shows what, like, a weird nerd he is. Yeah. He's just kind of, he's nice, but he's also just kind of dweeby. Yeah, he's just kind of a dweeb, and it's great. It's, he has so many faces in this that I feel like are just so good. Just so many (laughs) memeable faces. Oh, just even, like. All of all of the acting for this, like the the character acting animation for him, is just it's fi- f- just phenomenal. Yeah, I'm just him. Like, oh, there's so many instances. There, there's just some of his posing. Like, there's one that I I, I think of, and he just kind of like it, it's so hard to describe because this is of course an, a podcast, and we're trying mm-hmm. to we're trying to like describe a, a very visual medium, but like. Just him, like, clasping his hands together and just, like, kind of thinking. It's just, like, just these two, the faces that he makes during that just, again, feel so memeable. There's just so much character in them. Yeah. (laughs) And just, like, even, they they use the music sometimes to really, like, help convey his inner thoughts. Like, when he, when he first sees Anastasia, because, of course- All they've all they've told him is that oh we found the girl that fits the slipper so he's like he's hyped he's he's walking into that room he's expecting to see Cinderella and the music is kind of triumphantly playing and then he sees her and the music just kind of does that like, like and like his his face falls as it does it Oh, uh, hello. Am I in the right room? Of course I'm in the right room. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and this is the whole, am I in the right room? Yeah. Like, oh, of course me- I'm in the right room. And it's like, it's just such a good little. <laughs> yeah. Just they, little moments. Yeah. They give him these fun little lines. Like he, he is a fun, fun character in this. I. I will slightly defend the original movie in that, like you said, he does not have much character. Um, But there is one moment from the original film that I really, really love. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so the prince is at the ball and he's meeting with all the ladies and he's bowing to them. And the king and the arch and then the king and the grand duke are watching from a balcony above and the prince, while bowing, he looks up and he makes direct eye contact with his dad. And then he, he brings a hand to his mouth and he deliberately yawns while making eye oh, contact yeah. with his dad. <laughs> and I love it because it's, it's just, 
It is the most polite way that anyone could ever say, fuck you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that shot. It's it. very good. So good. I love it. Ugh. He's, he's, he's weird in this one in that they, they kind of turn him into an action hero almost, but also, a like, little bit still kind of dweeby. Um, yeah. Like we, I, like we should talk more about his, his, his big moment, him jumping out the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Can... It's so good. Just the thought of it is enough to get you going. Oh. It's it's the timing on that that joke is just spot on. Mm-hmm. It's so spot on. It's, it's uh, so so the prince who has just been informed by Jacques and Gus that Cinderella is about to be shipped off for forever. He runs down the stairs and he's stopped by his father, who forbids him from taking another step down the stairs. And the prince just kind of, like, thinks about it for a second and says, okay. And then he jumps through an open window. He doesn't even jump. He throws himself. Yeah. Like, that's not a swan dive. He no, 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 he no, no, looks no. like he's parachuting, but he's just like, huh. That's my favorite thing about <laughs> that so moment. so silly. Because if you frame oh. by frame it, it is that. It's like you said. It's just like, it's almost like somebody picked him up by his shirt. Yeah. And- it looks like he was tossed. Yeah. It is not, and they, and of course, this being animation, if they wanted to, they could have made that a graceful swan dive. Oh, yeah. He looked so heroic and, and, and so like, oh, super awesome and, and cool doing that. But they were like, nay, nay. That is, that is not the character we want for Look, this prince. What if, what if I just draw him like this? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. It's so good. It's so, so good. good. Also, the whole scene before that, where he's he's getting the information from the mice in the blooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's just like, "Well, I'm going crazy." Yeah, because because the mice just kind of appear to him, and they're just like, "Hey, come over here," beckoning him, and he's just like, "This is fucking happening." Are we? Is are these mice singing to me right now? Yeah, they they sing a little song about Cinderella, and it's not even a no. It, I I would have expected a song by the mice to be kind of annoying. It was just kind of fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a cute little song. <laughs> it, they they basically they like they they have a tough story to sell to the prince because they have to reenact <laughs> reenact what happened, and it is just oh. these mice trying to explain to him, "Hey, you are under a magic spell." Um. You actually love this one girl who, by the way, she was helped by a fairy godmother whose wand was now stolen and makes you think that this other girl was your true love. It's just those. I mean, they do a great job with the summary and, tr- and convincing yeah. him of it. He he's he is convinced. Yeah. And like. It's just it's so good. It's it's funny too because I I guess by the scene we establish that talking mice are not the norm. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I sort of always thought it was maybe like a Disney princess thing that she understood what the mice were saying, but apparently these mice can just talk. 
Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of confusing. Cause we don't see Lucifer talk. No, Lucifer the cat can't talk. No. It's always it's very funny that this woman named her cat <laughs> named Lucifer. Her, yes. I love it. Especially when you think of the time period that Yeah, the time to. period. It's like <laughs> you literally named your cat that in what it what is the setting for this? Oh, it is what year would Cinderella be set? Let me look up because this is a, a year. It would be a year inappropriate to name your cat Lucifer. Yeah, I. So <laughs> D- Disney's Cinderella is, if I remember correctly, specifically based off the Charles Perrault version of Cinderella. Because of course, it's it's just one of those fairy tales that um, there's like all these different versions to it, and they um, you know have these the differences between yeah. them, but. The I believe it's the Peralt version that uses the glass slipper in particular. So for for what it's worth, the Charles Peralt version of Cinderella um, was written in 1697. So okay, I'm not sure if we can assume that that's also the time period that the film was set in, but but in any case. <laughs> There's talking mice and a cat named Lucifer and everything is fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's the type of stuff that you that would get you labeled as a witch back in those days. <laughs> I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like that's what would have happened, but uh, it's fairy tales. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, but it's Where were we? Oh, the the prince and his 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 grand leap out of the window. Oh. He he kind of has another moment later on that I feel is is almost as funny. Um, it does not get as much of a spotlight as his dramatic window fling. Um, is it is it when he slides down the the sail on the ship? Well, it's it's for me. It's before that where so he goes racing off on horseback to try and catch up with the ship, and he he goes running up a cliff. And I believe it's like a mill or a, like a lighthouse. Oh, or something. yes. <laughs> and he goes running up it. And, and it's funny because the horse is like, you see a, sh- a, a reaction shot of the horse because the prince is like leading the horse to this little like landing to jump off of. And the horse is, of course, like, what the fuck is this? And, yeah. <laughs> and so the horse stops, like comes to a screeching halt and flings the prince off of its back. So the momentum just sends the prince flailing through the sky and he he <laughs> manages to like I think grab a rope or something on on the ship and then he swings it around and then he he does the move with the uh like the uh, dagger in the sail that yeah. slows his fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it's great cuz he lands and he just has this look on his face that he's like almost like like it just it just goes huh. Like that's the look that Yeah, he it's on so his good. Face. He's just like, I can't fucking believe I pulled that off. Yeah. So, yeah. Huh. huh. Yeah. Which begs the question, what did he think he was going to do? Yeah. What was your plan, sir? Were you were you planning the horse to fling you? Did you think the horse would leap with you? Yeah. <laughs> were you planning on making that horse leap across the chasm and land on a boat? Horse legs are fragile, sir. Yeah. Yeah, that poor horse. They run on one finger. You can't make a horse do that. <laughs> Fuck. 
Oh, so good. Oh. That's so that's kind of th- those are the those are the prince's badass moments. I think we do we need to talk about Cinderella's badass moments. Oh my god, hell yeah. Like it starts even at the beginning when mm-hmm. like after after her stepmother gets the wand and fucks up the whole deal and like smashes the other glass slipper cuz that's like Cinderella's like I have the the one that I was wearing the one that I didn't leave behind and Lady Tremaine just like takes it from her and smashes it like yeah. drops it on the ground so it shatters mm-hmm. and she like has a moment where she's like well I guess my dream really was just a dream well yeah Tremaine basically Lady Tremaine basically tries to gaslight her yeah, and she's like, whatever that was, um, you're dreaming. no, it wasn't you real. were you were dreaming, mm-hmm. and so she's like, oh, I guess it was a dream. Wait, actually, fuck that. I'm gonna go talk to the prince. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. It, within the course of the song, she's like, actually, no. Uh, this wasn't just a dream. This is a thing, and I'm gonna go do it. I'm I'm going to take a hold of this. On my own, and I'm gonna go talk to the fucking prince. Yeah. Because I, I, I know what happened. I won't lie, I do kind of laugh at that moment, because like you said, she is, she's kind of sad, and she's sort of resigning herself to her fate, but then she just, uh, like, the mice kind of prod her into realizing that I could just go ask, like, talk to the prince, and he'll recognize yeah. me. Like, it's kind of like a, oh yeah, like... Oh, right. I don't look anything like... <laughs> Anastasia. My stepsister. Yeah. If he sees me, he will know that <laughs> it I, was me. Yeah. We looked at each other in the eyes all night. Yeah, we spent a lot of time gazing into each other's face very lovingly. I think he'll probably recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. My... My favorite Cinderella bit is, of course, the the hellish pumpkin ride that oh. she goes on. And this is something that I never see people talking about with this film. But this pumpkin carriage is so fucking cool. It's, I, it's wild. It's really cool. Yeah. So Lady, Lady Tremaine... Um, conjures up this twisted version of Cinderella's pumpkin carriage. You actually, you see her transport Cinderella into the pumpkin while the magic is turning into a carriage. So at first, Cinderella is, like, trapped in this gooey, stringy pumpkin, and it's all claustrophobic, and it, and it kind of expands as she is inside of it. Um... And it changes into this just hellish-looking carriage, and it it sends out thorny vines, which ensnares a nearby horse, and kind of change it into reins. And and the horse, meanwhile, is just whinnying with absolute terror because <laughs> there's magic, evil pumpkin yeah. magic everywhere. This like, yeah, this yeah. fucking pumpkin just like launched thorny thorny vines at it, and it doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Um, <laughs> And then, and then to top it off, Lady Tremaine sends Lucifer to drive the carriage. So she she turns him into a human, which looks painful for him. He doesn't look like he's enjoying yeah, he, it. He has a bad time, it seems yeah. like. But then he's like, oh shit, I'm a person now and I'm going to whip this horse. Yeah, and he starts loving it. And and like she, like and to really hammer it home too, Lady Tremaine instructs Lucifer to make yeah! sure Cinderella does not come back alive. 
Yeah, she's like take her, take her on a ride that she that she won't survive or something like that. And you're yeah. like, she just instructed this cat to kill her. Like, yeah. she, she's like, go take Cinderella out and fucking murder her. Which <laughs> like, which, oh okay. That's that's kind of a fun moment to think that she trusts her cat enough. <laughs> She could. She, she's like you're my Lucifer. You're the only one I could trust for this very important mission. Lady Tremaine, you know you could have just you, you teleported her into a pumpkin. You could have just teleported her off a cliff. Yeah, or changed, if you really wanted to do this, changed her into her. a toad right there. Yeah, but she's well, got she's got to do it with style, which I like. Yeah, that's oh. <sighs> so good. And then of course we. There's a, you see Cinderella, um, she has to bust, literally bust She body through. checks her way out of the pumpkin. Yeah. And by the way, she's in her wedding gown while she's doing this. Yeah. She busts through and she has to like climb up onto the pumpkin. Um, Jacques and Gus are there. At one point, Lucifer in human form almost eats one of the mice. Yeah, which- like- <laughs> He's like a half second away from using his human chompers to yeah. devour that mouse. God. <laughs> and, and Cinderella ends up basically having to kick him, kick him off the carriage, where he lands into like a, a near, like a lake at the bottom of a cliff. Yeah, and turns back into a cat. I yeah, guess somehow. It's fine. Yeah. Um. And she goes, "Bad kitty," <laughs> like really punctuated. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. And then she like leaps from because they're approaching a cliff and she leaps from the carriage onto the horse and stops the horse. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, they're like, what are we going to do, Cinderella? And she's like, well, I'm not going to be late for my own wedding and takes off. And you're like, yeah, 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 fucking awesome. It's, fuck yeah, Cinderella. God. It's, yeah, again, it's just, it's surprising how badass she is in this. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, I should, this might be a good point to mention some of the voice cast, or at least. uh, Oh, I was, I was literally just about to say. (laughs) She is voiced by Jennifer Hale. Oh, she's so good. So Jennifer Hale, so of course, uh, probably best known for being the voice of female Commander Shepard. Commander Shepard! Massive series. Uh, She also, uh, not that you hear Samus talking much, but she did voice uh, Samus Aran in the Metroid Prime series. Oh. And and yeah, she's she's the official voice for Cinderella. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad. She's great. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, some of the other voice cast. I, I, I don't know if you would have picked up on this, Brie, because I, I didn't, and it wasn't until I was double checking IMDb that I saw this. But, uh, the prince is voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who he he does a lot of voice acting for Spider Man and various TV shows. But he also oh. voiced Prince Eric in The Little Mermaid. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they That makes sense. It's it's funny because now I guess he's voiced uh like yeah, two Disney princes. Two Disney princes. Yeah. He he's got that he's got that Disney prince kind of voice. 
Mm. I, f- I thought he sounded familiar, but I couldn't place him. So that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, Anastasia probably also, I, like, oh, a lot of yeah. people probably felt familiar. Um, oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of big names here, but uh, Tress McNeil voiced Anastasia. I recognized her right away. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So uh, Tress McNeil, she does a lot of voice acting in The Simpsons. Just a big voice animation person in general, but you might know her as uh, Dot Warner from Animaniacs. And and uh, Yakko Warner is the mm-hmm. uh, Grand Duke. Yeah, Rob Paulson. Uh, yeah. Yakko Warner, he was also Pinky, among a ton of others. Uh, and apparently he was also the voice of Jacques, which is probably... Uh, I, that I didn't, makes sense. I didn't pick up on that myself, because I think they like they modified his voice. Um, Pro- probably, because they, they matched pretty well to the voices that they had in uh, mm-hmm. the the original film in the 50s so they probably did some some tweaking yeah some sort of post-processing to kind of make it closer to the original film um unless he's just that good in which case well done i mean possibly um russie taylor who voices both the god the fairy godmother and drizella uh she is best known for the being the voice of Minnie mouse um oh really yeah she actually, she sadly, she passed away uh, a little oh. while ago. Um, she was also the voice of Martin Prince from The Simpsons, as well as the original voice of Huey, Dewey, and Louie from the uh, the nineteen, I think nineteen eighty seven Ducktales series. Oh, that's awesome! Such a, it's it's funny because it's it's not the voice that she usually uses for. No, I did not recognize her voice at all yeah you can kind of hear it more in the fairy godmother because she like that's kind of the closest that she gets to her mini mouse voice but mm-hmm. as drizella like oh fuck no i didn't yeah. recognize it nope uh so cory burton uh voices gus and he's vo- he's done a lot of voices for disney as well like i would recommend going to his wikipedia page um because he he does kind of like a lot of like almost like impersonating um, actors from the earlier Disney movies. So he's actually he's oh. now uh, he's now Disney's voice for Captain Hook, um, and he also does Ludwig von Drake. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, Frank Welker, who basically voices every animal in every animated film, ever, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh, was was of course Lucifer. That makes sense. And uh, Suzanne Blakesley, which was not a name that I recognized, um, so it wasn't until it, it, so uh, to clarify, she voices the stepmother, um, so Lady Tremaine. She also voices Wanda of the Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was my reaction. That's some range. I I was blown away by that. I honestly I was not expecting, like I, because her again her <laughs> name was not familiar to me, so I wasn't no. really expecting like any big name characters. But yeah, Wanda, like wow, huh? Which kind of like puts a whole different spin on the movie when you think about it. Oh, like just picturing Wanda doing all this shit. Oh shit, just like. <laughs> There's only one room for one fairy godparent here. Yeah, damn. And it's not the one from this movie. No. 
God. Yeah, but that's, yeah, again, like, this is a pretty decent voice cast. I, you know, on the note of Fairy Godmother, I gotta, like, I gotta point the finger at her. This is your fault, woman. Loma's butterfingers. She just, she let that wand slip right out of her grasp. Yeah. Like it I, was like up her sleeve and she gestured and it sailed through the air. It's like, ma'am, secure that better. She just like, she just basically flung that into Anastasia's way, which maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe this was all a ploy to get Anastasia her happily ever after. Oh, hmm? maybe. Maybe. But before the timelines diverged, she was already, well, I guess if if you're taking into account how they were at the beginning of the film, she doesn't get with the baker anyway. No, So I... we needed we needed to change the timeline in mm -hmm. order to get with the baker. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if we're supposed to assume that Cinderella 3 takes place before the events of Cinderella 2, or, I, hmm. yeah, it's it's a little confusing there. But, I, I, again, by, based on that little, that image in the credits, we know that she does end up with the baker. Yeah, she she gets her happily ever after eventually. Yeah. Fairy godmother. I I will say I found it really weird that she was just like kind of there in the beginning of the film. Oh, she was there for their anniversary. But it was just, it was weird. It is weird. It's it was, extremely weird. Yeah, because I'm trying to think I don't think we saw her again in the original film after she sends Cinderella on her way, right? I don't think so. Like, she just kind of, she she has her moment, and she ushers Cinderella off, and then that's it. So it's just, it kind of felt like, to me, like, she was just this person who she just, she appears to you in your hour of great need, and then that's like, that's it, everybody gets one. Yeah. Maybe the, she was just like, man, I did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Helping her that one night. I'm gonna, you know yeah. what? This is also a party for me for yeah. doing a great job. Yeah, like, you know what? I I don't do this for, I don't usually do this for my customers, but I just felt like we had a real connection uh, back then. Yeah. So as a, here's a bonus. I'm throwing you a nice little party that's apparently, like, just behind the house of your abusive step family. Um, <laughs> apparently. Because Anastasia just kind of, like, she goes out into their backyard and she's singing about, like, I want I want my own prince and she just sees Cinderella and the prince go by on horseback in order to meet the fairy godmother which maybe that was a power move by Cinderella actually that's that is what I honestly <laughs> thought <laughs> at the beginning too I'm like y'all just gonna ride your horses past where your family is living in this dilapidated house oh good nice I just like she just pictures like I just picture her doing like a nice little wave like hi <laughs> Oh, I'm doing great, thank you. Sorry, can't stop to visit. I'm on my way to my <laughs> anniversary party. I'm I'm having my perfect uh life with my prince. my prince. How you guys doing? How's the house? Oh, taking care of it? No, no. Oh, oh it looks a little oh. run down. That's too bad. I would usually do that <laughs> for you. One one thing about this film that I will admit that I I don't really like is this movie tries to unnecessarily correct the thing the whole business with the glass slipper um 
it like it feels like it was trying to address the criticism of like why would the prince uh you know agree to marry the woman who fit the slipper there'd probably be a lot of people that would fit the slipper why doesn't he just recognize her um like the film acts as though the prince himself set out the proclamation that he'll marry the woman that fit the glass slipper um, and the prince even, like, admits that it was a bad idea, and he says that, you know, it was all I had to go on, um, all I had was a slipper. But if you watch the original film, you can see that the proclamation about the slipper actually comes from the king. The the Grand Duke yeah. and the king have this little scene where the Grand Duke tells tells the king how the prince is in love with this mystery woman who left behind the glass slipper, and the prince wants to marry her. So the king... So the king orders the proclamation sent out, and the Grand Duke brings up the the whole business that, you know, the slipper could fit a number of women directly to the king, and the king's response is basically that he doesn't care. He decides to use the prince's exact words against him, because the king wants grandchildren, goddammit. So <laughs> if my son says he'll marry the woman that fits the glass slipper, he will marry the first woman that fits that glass slipper, be damned. i i guess i never like it's been a minute since i watched the original film and by a minute i mean probably a couple decades um (laughs) so i guess i didn't catch that i thought i thought it was a sort of a funny aside yeah Um, i forgot that it wasn't even really him that that sort of said that i did laugh when um I can't remember who says it in this film, but something it's it's revealed that Cinderella has size four and a half feet. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Ma'am, you got some small little feet. Not to not to dunk on it. I just didn't that's impressive. No, I got I got size nine and a half over here. I got big old feet. I'm I'm Damn. Damn. I see, and my mother, um, who is the same height as me, we're both kind of on the shorter end, but my mother has size five and a half feet. Huh. Yeah. She, she it's great. She's got little baby shoes. <laughs> we're not dunking on anyone with small feet. I say this, dunking mostly on myself for having big old feet. I say this as somebody who, so my, I can fit into, without socks, I can fit into a six and a half size feet shoe and i am friends with tall people who also have larger shoes and so when i go over to their house um and they see my shoes they make fun of me for having little baby because <laughs> especially like when they're right beside their shoes it makes it look even yeah. tinier by comparison <laughs> but you know what that's fine i like having little tiny baby shoes you got you- little you got little dainty shoes. It's and, good. And it's great because it means that you could fit into the kid sizes at Walmart, which <laughs> if you have They're cheaper. Yeah, and if you've ever wanted light up shoes as an adult, well, guess what? Small people with small shoes, that's where we come out on top. Oh fuck yeah. You get the sick light up sneakers. Hell yeah, every step I'm causing a light show. <laughs> Whereas I have to go to the, like the the sizes that are like, you get you can you get to a certain size and they stop being cute. They're just sort of like <laughs> they're just supposed to be practical. They're just practical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
damn. I can't use most of the cabinets in my kitchen because they're too fucking tall, but at least I get the fun shoes. I'm not, but see, I'm like the same height as you and have double your foot size, apparently. <laughs> Are you? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a minute, but I think we're about the same height. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I mean, by that I mean, oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to hear about that. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Well, anyway, we should stop talking about feet because it's getting weird. <laughs> oh God. But uh, but yes, that 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 whole business with the the slipper thing, I I don't know why. I think it just sticks out to me because it's just one of those things that people try and like use to poke fun. Oh, uh, like cinema sins on the old movie, yeah. like um, actually, wouldn't there be like a bunch of people in? The kingdom that have that size of foot. Yeah, actually, why doesn't the prince just actually, recognize her? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. I, you know what? Like, if there's other things that you could talk about that movie, you don't have to make up criticisms. And and if anything, I guess it just shows that people haven't watched the movie in a long time. Which yeah, you know, I think if you're going to start talking smack about it, you need to have watched it recently. <laughs> to have a, a clear memory yeah of what happens there and it's such a fun scene too that it's that it's a shame that more people don't remember it because the the grand duke and the king start like jumping on his bed because the king starts wants to try and kill the grand duke for giving him this bad news that that because <laughs> he because when he when he left the ball Cinderella uh -huh. and the prince were dancing and the king is just like, yes, I'm finally getting grandchildren. So he's like, I'm going to go turn in for the night. Hey, Grand Duke, you make sure that those two have a good fucking night because I'm going, yeah. to, I'm an old man. I'm going to bed, but I want to make sure that tomorrow You make morning, sure this goes off without a hitch. Yes, you go do that. And so when he wakes up the next morning, I think he was even, he was dreaming <laughs> about the grandchildren that he was going to have. And it's very cute. Oh. And then the Archduke, or the Grand Duke comes in and he's like, uh, hey, so about last night, everything was going good, but, um, um she kind of ran away. Midnight hit and she was, she was out of there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Didn't get her name or address. Or I should really rewatch the, the original movie. Dude. I, I don't remember the last time I saw it. Yeah, I would. It's it like it's been a few years for me as well. Um, I I would give it a watch. It's fun, and of course we both this and Cinderella two and Cinderella three, uh, all of the Cinderella movies are up on Disney Plus, so it's very easy to watch all of them. Yeah, I would like this. This movie was such a fun time. It's mm -hmm. only an hour and ten minutes long. Just treat yourself. And and give this one a watch. Yeah. It is it is just a little joy. I would say out of all of the Disney direct-to-DVD sequels I have seen, I, I'm still making my way through all of them, but Cinderella 3 is the absolute favorite thus far. Like, it's just... It's the oh, yeah. one that is the most genuinely enjoyable and the one that feels like it's... It stands on its own laurels, you know? Yeah. 
it just like it's just a good film <laughs> yeah like i think the other sequels it's always like you see them just because they're the disney sequel and it, that's, yeah. that's the only reason why you would watch it it's just for the novelty of like what's you know what's happening to mulan after the events of her film or yeah i didn't see that second one We'll we'll probably be covering that one at one point. Move cool. On, move on to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Great, because I haven't seen it. Yeah, you say yeah, guys. I'll, I'll hold off on watching that one until uh. All right, sounds sounds until good. that episode. <laughs> oh, so good. I think the only Disney sequels I watched really as a kid were The Lion King two. Ooh. Uh, Simba's Pride, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and not even Return of Jafar, but Aladdin Three: The King of Thieves. Oh, okay. Because I don't think we ever got Return of Jafar on VHS, oh. but we had the third one. Okay, weird. I I ah. I know for sure. Um, we had the Aladdin films, um, and I remember loving the hell out of Return to R- Return of Jafar. I think it was just like. The novelty, because at that point it it was cool as a kid to be like, oh, I loved Aladdin. Oh, I get to see more of Aladdin. Yeah, more Aladdin. And wow, Jafar comes back, and he's like, he's a genie now. Wow, that's oh, wow, that that's yeah. amazing. This is the best movie ever. <laughs> and and I remember too because that one kind of slightly ties into the Aladdin TV series because of uh, Abysmal, the villain. Um, oh, I never watched the Aladdin TV series. Oh, damn. You missed out. I know. There was, I feel like maybe we didn't have a proper channel that has that had Disney cartoons when I was a kid because yeah. I missed out on a lot of the Disney ones. Yeah, if you didn't have the Disney channel, um, yeah. probably you wouldn't have seen it. I don't think they aired anywhere else. I, I No, was... so we didn't have the Disney channel, so I didn't see like... Aladdin, or the the Hercules show, mm. or Gargoyles. Oh, fuck, yes. I you... know, I'm sorry. Oh my god. I... <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is like in a private message revealed to me that Brie has never seen the Gargoyles TV show. <laughs> and I was fucking beside myself. So th- that's like another idea to add to the podcast. Another podcast, podcast idea. <laughs> yeah, make, make Brie watch Gargoyles. It's it's not even that I don't want to. It's just I never got around to it. I know it's available to me to watch now. Yeah, but... you have no excuse. <laughs> Except I guess now that it's like maybe we'll do a podcast of it. Yeah, now see now I can't watch it until the the eventual day when you run out of princess movies and we move on to yeah. our Gargoyles podcast. Yeah, like 10 years after from the now. reboot rewatch. Oh fuck, 20 years from now. God. Oh shit. Where does the Alex Mack well. podcast come in? <laughs> there's too many podcasts oh no oh podcast someone please yeah take this take this burden from us and do one of these instead oh, po- oh no it has to be i just want to talk about <laughs> this is a thing that podcasts have now like replaced casual conversation because now it's like oh i could talk to brie about this movie but ooh, but that would though we should really talk about this on the podcast yeah. oh can't yeah, I gotta have, gotta save it for the pod. Yeah. Oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, I 
I'll share with you one story about Cinderella 3 that I, it's not super relevant, but I just, I love it all the same. So, um, I showed this film to my viewing group many, many years ago, uh, and it was actually, it was the birthday of one of the members of the group. I think it was, uh, it was a milestone birthday, so I think it was his 25th or something like that, but uh-huh. as a special thing, he rented out a room in a local community center, and he set up a projector, <gasps> and we we had planned to watch, uh, you know, princess movies, have like a kind of a, a, oh my God. a fun evening of watching princess movies up on this big Hell projector. Yeah. Um, or sorry, so to explain, um, so one of the movies that we ended up watching that night was, of course, Cinderella 3, um, but as it turned out, that same night, somebody was celebrating their quesanera, which, for the unfamiliar, it's a special celebration for a girl's 15th birthday, and it's, it's kind of this, you know, this celebration of her transitioning into adulthood, um, so on one side of the community center... (laughs) There was this party of very beautifully dressed people celebrating this young woman's transition into adulthood. And on the other side of the community center was a bunch of adults dressed in the fucking shabbiest clothing you could imagine. I was wearing a, I was wearing a wig uh, to make myself look like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. The birthday boy, birthday boy was wearing a cheap ass Halloween costume. Uh, oh hell yeah! To make him look like a Disney prince, <laughs> and and yeah, oh and my god, we're watching uh, princess movies. Oh fuck yeah, that's amazing! And what's great is that the Casinera had uh, a liquor license, and we didn't. <laughs> and so uh, like, <laughs> we were we were kind of like trying to think like, <laughs> like would they notice if we like <gasps> tried to like sneak over? Oh my god. It was it was great. The fucking looks that I got because like oh. the our room wasn't open at first, so we had to like wait for the birthday boy to show up and unlock the room. So here I am. I've got my my arms full of fucking DVDs of princess movies. I've got my bell wig on, and I'm pretty sure I had the the yellow satin gloves on. Um, oh. And and here comes in the first guest to the quesanera, and they're like looking at me, and I'm just like, hmm. I feel like I feel like they made some wrong life choices. Like <laughs> <laughs> the judgment. Oh, the judgment. <laughs> oh. No, see, you you were living your best life. I was. But you should have just <laughs> just been like, this is what you can look forward to as an adult. Being able to do whatever the fuck you want. Fuck, I wish I got that girl's name. Just like check up <laughs> on her. Like, how you doing? <laughs> How's your adult life going? Because she would probably be like, oh, she'd probably be in her 20s at least by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mid- maybe mid-20s. Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> oh, God. Oh... <sighs> uh... You're old, but you're doing what you love. I'm doing it. Watching princess films and then talking about it on a podcast. I'm, I'm living the dream. Living the dream, baby. Ah, oh, so yes, that's my... I, I think of that I think of that moment every oh. time I think of Cinderella 3. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you for sharing this, this oh. incredible tale with no, me. No and with all problem. of us. No problem at all. Oh. 
is that uh is that it for Cinderella 3 is there anything more for this one I feel like I feel like we didn't say a, a lot about this one but that's there's not a lot of stuff to nitpick it's just a good film just watch it yeah just watch and enjoy this one just just go and watch it it's again it's on Disney plus it's easily accessible and it's a pleasant surprise from the usual direct-to-DVD stuff that Disney put out in the 90s slash early 2000s. Yeah. Just treat yourself. If you're having, if you're having like a lazy day and you just want to watch something cozy and, and, and fun yeah. for an hour and a bit, just enjoy it. Have yeah. a nice time. Mm-hmm. And on that note, uh, if you have any questions or comments for us, you can feel free to email us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. Uh, we'll also be posting clips on Twitter of this movie. So if you want to see what some of those memeable faces that I'm talking about <laughs> regarding the prince, then I, I will throw those up on Twitter, which you could find at badprincessmov. And then we also, we have the catalog of Bad Princess Movies, which you can find at badprincessmovies.com. Yeah, definitely check those out. Check out the, the clips of these beautiful faces. Yes. Oh, and, and, and of course, check out, uh, I'll be sure to post the, the most noteworthy moment of this film, which is the prince's leap out that window. <laughs> so, so good. Ah. Oh. And I guess I guess maybe next time we'll have a bad movie, but for this oh, time we yeah. had a blissfully wonderful movie. Yeah, I, I gotta. I, 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 we've had it too good for too long. Yeah, I guess the last one was Galgameth, and that wasn't even. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, so, that was sure something. But I had fun with that one. So please send me uh, your energy um, <laughs> because I don't know what Christie's got next. Gonna but. We're gonna have to balance bomb. the scales a little bit, oh uh, and probably get a real bad one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to try and like, what, what's the worst thing that I could throw oh, at no. you? Hmm. Oh no, no, no! All right, well, stay tuned for that. One, <laughs> uh, we'll see if I survive the next movie. Mm-hmm. And if I do, we'll see you next time on the <laughs> Bad Princess Movie Podcast. <laughs> Woo! Bye, everybody. I would gladly volunteer. And as for the future, well, it's perfectly clear. It's sure to be another magic dream.